want to welcome you to uh, Gateway Church this morning. Thank you for being here on this rainy uh, Sunday morning. And um, we started a, a series uh, last week uh, talking about wisdom from Proverbs. And last week we began to, to look at things that, that God is, is speaking to us through this Old Testament book. Things that, that God is speaking to us and things that we can learn. How many people would like to be a little smarter? Come on. We all would like to, to gain some knowledge. And uh, the best place to gain that knowledge is from the Word of God. And uh, so this week we're going to, to talk about something that is very close and dear to my heart. Uh, if you've known me or know me at all, you know that, that uh, relationships and friendships are something that, that are very important to me. It's something that, that we have built uh, this church around, and it's something that, that we build our lives as Christians on, because there, there's something that we must realize, that, that it's so important for us to have friends. God made us to have friends in our lives. He made it a longing of our soul. I mean, when he made Adam, he looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And all the women said, amen. It's not good for man to be alone. There's something in our hearts that only friends can feel. Friends are something that are absolutely 100% necessary. But as we go in life, that there's a problem that social media has caused in all of us. It's easy to confuse friends on Facebook or followers on Twitter or Instagram. It's easy to, to think that when we have those things, that we have true friendships. And we have true friends. But let's be honest, if you go look at your social media account and you see how many friends that you have or, or your Instagram, how many people are, you know, looking at your pictures. And if you look at that and you compare that to the people in your life, your true friends, it's not even close. But often we trick ourselves into thinking that we have something that we do not have. And what we need to understand and realize in our lives that we need deep, relationships. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 tells us, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now you read that and you think, well, if you're talking about friendships and you're talking about, oh, how can a man of many companions get messed up? Well, I think too often that we think we have friendships, we, we have companions, but what we really have are just fans or followers. Oh, we have thing, people that aren't truly friends, and there's a huge difference. I mean, I'm talking about the kind of friends that we need in our life are friends that we can count on no matter what. Friends that we know when things get tough, they're going to be there. Uh, there's a doctor here in town that I was having a conversation with, and, and he had a, a fellow doctor that was in the same type of practice which often you would think of that as a competitor. But this other doctor had had a, a, a medical emergency. He'd had a stroke. And he was no longer able to take care of his patients. 
So now this doctor friend, he had a couple of choices. He could have said, well, sorry, you know, pass out my card. But he didn't do that. This was his friend. Even though they were in the same line of business, this was his friend. And this doctor had one day off during the week, and he dedicated himself to going that day and treating his friend's patients so that he would be able to pay his bills, so that he could keep his practice. And then he went to his other friends and he said, hey, will you give this day? Will you give this day? And through this friendship, this man's life was changed. Those are the kind of friends that I am talking about. Those are the kind of friends that I need in my life. Those are the kind of friends, and that is the kind of friend that I want to be. But we cannot allow ourselves to think that fans and friends are the same because they aren't. Fans and friends are not the same. There is a huge difference. A true friend will be there when you need them the most. A, a true friend will be there when things are tough. Fans will disappear. Fans will go away when things aren't going well. Uh, we see it all the time. You have fair-weathered fans. Fair-weathered fans. Teams that... Fans that if their team's going well, everything's great. They're right there, but if things are going bad, they disappear. You want to see who your friends are? Decide to move. Decide to change houses. And see who shows up to load and unload your truck. Those are your friends. Someone that's willing to, to, to give time and, and break their back for you. Uh, we have somebody here in the church that's getting ready to move. And I said, when are you moving? And before he could answer, I said, I'm out of town. He said, well, I haven't even told you when yet. I said, I'm out of town. Those aren't the kind of friends that you need. You need people that are going to be there when you need them the most. When Solomon was writing in the book of Proverbs, when he was writing about friends, it wasn't something that he had really experienced. You don't hear a lot about Solomon's friends, but what he was writing about was what he had witnessed. You see, we can gain so much wisdom just by watching. If we just step back and watch, we can gain wisdom. And that's where Solomon got his wisdom from. You don't hear a lot about Solomon's friends, but what you hear about are David's friends. You see, David was a man who knew how to be a friend, and he knew how to have friends. The things that Solomon wrote about were things that he had learned from his father. When it came to friendships and relationships, David had two friends who he knew he could count on. He had Jonathan, and he had Nathan. Now, David had a lot of followers. David had a lot of people who celebrated him when things were going well. It was said, you know, Saul has slain his thousands, but, but David, his ten thousands. He had plenty of people that were there to cheer him on. But when it came to true friends, we hear about Jonathan and Nathan. In our life, that's why it's so important to get connected in, in, in a life group or to get connected in serving or, or in our weekend services because it's in those moments that you begin to cultivate friendships. 
when you can start to develop friendships that you need in your life. Jesus himself, he had thousands of fans. He had people that waved palm branches and and screamed Hosanna in the highest. And and he had people trying to, to be where he was. He had people who would gather around to hear him speak. He had people that that wanted something from him all the time, but they were fans. They, They were not true friends. In the end, when Jesus was on the cross, he had one friend that he looked at, and he said, listen, I need you to take care of my mom. John, I need you to take care of my mom because I'm not going to be able to. That's a true friend. And Jesus had that. 1 Samuel 18, chapter 18, verse 1 says, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. We see that, that these two, Jonathan and David, were so close in friendship, they were always there for each other. It says that they were knit together. In our life, we need those kind of abiding friendships. We need to to be that kind of friend and to have that kind of friend in our lives. I mean, I have some friends in my life that they mean the world to me. And I have friends in my life that I know that when things are bad and when things are, are not going well, that I can count on. You need that in your life. And then it's also my obligation to be that kind of friend for someone else. To be that kind of person who is always there for them. And I believe that we can learn a lot from friendships and relationships from the book of Proverbs and from the book of Samuel. We can begin to see some characteristics of what a true friend looks like by looking at David's friendships. The first thing we need to realize and understand that a true friend will stand by you. They will stand by you. When Jonathan was talking to David in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 17, he said, you will be king and I shall be next to you. He said, you're going to be king and I'm not going to leave your side. You're going to be king and I'm going to be there for you. You're going to be king, and there are going to be times when things are good, and I'll be there. And there are going to be times when things are bad, and I'm going to be there. There are going to be times that you fall. There are going to be times that you fail. I'm not going to give up on you. You will be king, and I will be next to you. I will stand by you. I will be right by your side. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, we learn that a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times. A friend loves even when you mess up. A friend loves when no one else will. We need that in our life. I don't want to go through anything alone. And I don't want people to have to go through life alone. I do not need people who will kick me when I'm down. We've all seen it. We've we've probably all experienced it. We've had people that we thought were our friends. And when we mess up, they just pile on. We don't need those kind of friends in our life. 
And we don't need to be that kind of friend. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'm going to be with you. That's the kind of friend that we need to be. We have casual friends, we can have close friends, and we can have covenant friends. A a casual friend would be maybe my server at Pappy's. Because when I pull into the parking lot, they know exactly. They go ahead and put my order in, and they have my drink on the table, on my table. That's a casual friend. You may have some close friends. A close friend would be somebody maybe that you work with. And um, you begin to build this relationship, and, and, and you work with them for such a long time, and you think, yeah, we're family, and, 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 but, but the moment that you leave, you think, man, this, this place will never make it without me. You know, there's going to be like part of the family's missing. But the moment that you leave, that relationship changes, and, and your job is filled by noon. Those are close friends, but when situations change, they go away. The friendships end. Then there's covenant friends. Covenant friends. That's a friend that is there until the end. That is a friend. That's why when we stand before and and we're getting married, we make a covenant. That covenant says, till death do us part. That's the kind of covenant friend that I'm talking about. The kind of friend that, that through all your failures and all your, your falls and all your issues and all your struggles and all your troubles and trials, that, that they're always there. They will stand by you no matter what. That's a covenant friendship. We need those in our lives. And secondly, a friend will help you see your future. First Samuel 23, 17, he said, you shall be king. You will be king. He's speaking into his life. We need people that will speak into our future. We need people who will inspire us. We need people who will cast vision into our life. People that even when we can't see tomorrow, people that, that even when, when we look at it and we think, man, I'm, I'm such a loser, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we think, man, I, I've, just, I've messed up. I'm never going to be anything. You have that person that will stand beside you and say, oh, no. God has created you for something. God has a reason and a purpose for your life. And they're continually speaking into your life. Here he says, you will be king. I'm sure there's moments that, that, that David looked at himself and, and said, I'm just a shepherd boy. I'll never amount to anything. I'm the, the, the last one that they think of or the last one that they think about. I'm the youngest. and I, He said, you're going to be king. You need people in your life who will inspire you. People that even when you can't see your future and you can't see your tomorrow and you can't see your good, that they will speak into your life. That they will help you get a glimpse of what God has for you, a glimpse of your future. They will build hope in you. We need those kind of people in our life. I need people in my life that will speak into it. I need people who will believe in me. I've had that through my life, and and it makes such a huge difference when I'm down and when I'm feeling as if that I'm useless. About two years ago, or uh, about a year ago, when we moved into this church, I had someone in my life 
that I had known since 2003, and it was the, the lead pastor that I was working for at the time, and he was continually speaking into my life. He was continually speaking over me and, and the church. And, and when I took over the, the church in 2016, there were days that I thought, man, I can't do this. I'm not cut out for this. And he would continually speak into my life. When this building came available, I thought, I can't do this. It's hard enough to pastor, much less go into a building project and, and do all of this. And, and, um, but on Easter of last year, it was the first time that Pastor Rick had been in this building, and he stood, sat right over there. And as he stood there, he just, he cried. And I'm standing here thinking, man, did I say something? Did, and, and, and I talked to him afterwards, and he said, all those times that, that I spoke into your life, and, and when I spoke over this church, he says, I stood there, I saw it coming to fruition. He said, I, I'm just glad God allowed me to be a part. I'm glad God allowed me to continue to, to speak into your life. We need those kind of friends. We need people that will pour themselves into us, that will stand by us, that will be there for us. I'm talking about friends who believe for the best, that believe the best in you, friends that will speak into your life. Jesus had three that he did life with. I mean, he had the 12 and he had the 70 and he had, he had all of these, but, but he had three people. Three people. He had Peter, James, and John. Three people that he could count on. Three people that he spoke into their life. I mean, there was a, a time that, that Jesus looked at Peter and Peter said, just leave me. I'm a sinner. I can have no part of you. And Jesus said, no, I see your future. I see that, that I'm going to, to build my rock on you. I, I see that you're going to catch men. We all need to have friends like that in our life, and we need to be friends like that. Next, we need friends that will make us better. Make us better. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. We need friends in our life that are continually sharpening us. We need friends who are helping us get better. We need friends who can see our blind spots. We all have things in our life that, that are blind to us, things that we don't see. Has anybody ever went to make a lane change and you get ready to get over and, and you hear a big honk? And then you look and it's like, oh man, I about run that person off the road. Why was that? Because they were in your blind spot. You couldn't see them, but you were getting ready to have something. And that horn just served as a reminder, hey buddy, stay in your lane. Cars are so smart now. We have a car that has blind spot monitors. And then we have one that doesn't. I'm beginning to quickly realize that I can't drive anymore because I've become so dependent on that little orange light on that mirror that I look. And when I'm in the car that doesn't have it, I've almost ran somebody into the Ohio River trying to get on 52. But we need those kind of things in our life. 
those kind of mechanisms, those kind of people that says, hey, you're messing up here. Friends that will serve as a blind spot monitor, especially when it comes to the area of relationships. Relationships are difficult. It is so easy to get into a a, a relational collision. Who is that for you? Who is helping you become a better husband or a better wife, a better father or a better mother, a a better friend or a better coworker, a better employee, a better boss? Who's helping you? Who is that friend in your life that, that cares enough about you to say, hey, you know what? You really didn't handle that right. Hey, you know what? You you probably need to do that a little different next time. And yeah, the sparks may fly and the friction may hit, uh, but it's good for us. Why? Because it keeps us and and helps us not to wreck relationships. A, A friend will sharpen. Iron sharpens iron. It's necessary to have soul sharpeners in our life. Next, a friend will speak the truth. Speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. A true friend cares enough about you to tell you the truth. There's a famous court scene where someone says, I want the truth, and the witness says, you can't handle the truth. That's so true. Sometimes it's hard to handle the truth. But we need friends who will speak truth into our lives. We need friends who will tell us maybe what we don't want to hear. Do you have anybody like that in your life? The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 5, open rebuke is better than secret love. And then verse 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. You read that and you think, wait a minute, how does wounds, faithful, and friend all go together? I mean, a friend would never wound me, would they? This says that wounds from a friend can be faithful. Why? Because they love you enough to tell you the truth. Now, I'm not talking about... There's a difference in telling the truth and telling the truth in love. You can tell the truth with the wrong attitude, and that wound's not going to be faithful. But when we will learn to, to speak the truth in love... We will gain friends. We will build relationships. So you say, oh, that sounds great. How do I do it? How do I gain friends? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 again says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Another version allows us to know that in order to make friends, we have to be friendly. You have to be what you long to receive. Friends aren't naturally just going to appear. You're not going to be sitting in the corner somewhere and and, uh, friends are just going to beam down from heaven and you're going to have these great friendships just all of a sudden. Thank you, God, I needed that. No, friendship takes effort. In order to, to, to reap something, you have to sow it. If you want true friends, you've got to be a true friend. If you want to make friends, you have to be friendly. 
We've all seen people that, that you look at them, you think they don't want no friends. We tell our daughter all the time, if you want to have a friend, if you want true friends, you've got to be a friend. You can't expect something from someone that you're not willing to be yourself. You have to do that to gain it. David was that to 300 men. 300 men that, that were, were willing to, to lay down their life for him. They were willing to go get him water and to fight all of these battles. Why? Because David loved them. David let them knew, know that he was a friend to them. You have to be an intentional about your friendships. You have to intentionally want to be a friend. You have to position yourself and start being the kind of friend that you want to have. Another way is you have to be willing to relate to others. You have to relate to others. You have to be willing to get out of your world and get into theirs. Most people don't know how to do that. Most people do have no idea how to get beyond themselves and to get into the world of somebody else. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 4 says, And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So here we have Jonathan, the son of the king. He came down to a shepherd's boy's level. He started putting himself in that position on his level. He took an interest in his world. You know how most people try to win friends? They try to build themselves up. You ever been around somebody and you can't get a word in because all they want to do is tell you about themselves? And I did this and I did this and I did this and I, and I won this award and I did... And you can't build a friendship that way. You try to win friends by getting people interested in you, but it's not about that. It's about us becoming interested in them. Making disciples works the exact same way. You have to be willing to get into their world. A lot of parents have a hard time making friends and being friends to their children because they're not willing to get into their world. I mean, as a dad, it's hard to sit down and play American Girl doll. But I've learned if I'm willing to do that, that friendship grows. And Jesus took off all the things of, of heaven, and, and, it, and he came into our world. He learned how to, to relate with us. He didn't lower his standards. I'm not talking about getting into somebody's world by lowering your standards to make friends. Jesus didn't lower his standards to win us. He knew how to relate to us and, and to, to still keep his values. Husbands and wives, if you want to be true friends, covenant friends, you've got to learn to get into each other's world. I'll be honest, my wife is much better at this than I am. The, the first week that we met, she was wanting me to take her somewhere. Here I am, young college student, trying to win the heart of this beautiful young lady. First week that we met, she wanted me to, to take her probably to Walmart. And um, I said, no, I can't. What? You can't. Why? 
Um, kickoffs in 20 minutes. West Virginia's playing Miami, ESPN. If you want to go to Walmart, you better hope they're, all, hope they're open all night because it's going to be about a three-hour game. She still married me anyway. And now she would, she'll sit and watch a three-hour baseball game on the couch. If I go to a game, a football game, and she's not with me, which she usually is, but there's some occasions that I'll take somebody else, she watches at home. Does she really like baseball and football that much? Probably not. But she's learned to get into my world. I'd like to stand here and say I've learned to get into hers. I think we've, in 28 years, we've been to maybe one figure skating competition. I've maybe watched three hours of the Winter Olympics. Um, Maybe two or three NCISs. I'm just admitting my faults here. I'm not good at it. But I know that in order to build that, I'm, I'm trying to get better. Maybe in my next 30 years, I'll be better. But we've got to learn to get into each other's world. Jesus came into our world so that we can enter into His. You have to be intentional about it. You have to learn to relate to others, get on their level. Next, we can never be a threat to others. Jonathan gave David his own sword. He wasn't threatened by David. And this is significant. You cannot be a friend and secretly compete with someone. You can't be a friend and try to one-up them or to outdo them. Christ wasn't that way. He was never a threat to us. Even though He was greater than us, He laid down His life for us. You can't be a threat to someone and think that you're going to gain their friendship. Friends do not wish bad on friends. Jonathan said to David, you're anointed. And he said, you know what? Your anointing is not a threat to me. David looked at Jonathan and said, you know what? Your dad's been chasing me all over the countryside trying to kill me, but I'm not threatened by you, even though it's your dad. Friends don't threaten friends. Friends don't compete with friends. Friends rejoice when the other friend excels. That's the kind of friend we need to be. And lastly, we need to go out of our way for others. Go out of our way for others. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 6 says this, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? In 1 Samuel chapter 20 verse 4 says, so Jonathan said to David, whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. He said, whatever you need, You need me at 3 a.m., I'll be there. Jesus, you need help with with your mom, I'll take care of it. I'll be there. That's the kind of friend. Who do you call when you're in desperation? When you're in desperate need, who do you pick up the phone and call? Do you have someone in your life that you can count on? Do you have someone in your life that you can celebrate your wins with? And are you that for somebody else? You see, great friends are about covenant, not about convenience. Oh, it's easy to be a friend when it's convenient. We all have those convenient friends. And unfortunately, we're probably that to a lot of people in our lives. But a true friendship is going out of our way for other people. It's not about convenience, but it's about covenant. You see, God wants to satisfy our need for friendship. Why? Because it's important. 
as I began to study and, and prepare for this week, I, I began to look at it and I thought, you know, is, is this really, you know, is this message worthy? I mean, this is not something that's going to make people cry and it's not going to, you know, have people run into the altar. And, you know, is this something that I, that I really need to speak on? And I just, I felt in my spirit because too often we are satisfied with superficial relationships. And right now, in this moment in life, since March, life has changed in so many ways. We're not able to do the things that we normally do. We're not and haven't been able to be with the people we are normally with. Life seems to be upside down, backward, out of control. And for a lot of people, that has been really difficult. I mean, some people, it has reinforced the idea that they need friendships in their life, and it has reinforced the idea that that we were designed for it. But for others, it's been exactly the opposite. For others, it has caused them to withdraw from people. It has caused them uh, to, to, to pull back. It has caused them to feel alone. As I've told you, the, the suicide hotlines are calls are up by like 800%. Domestic violence is up. Well, why? Because people feel alone. They feel like that they, they have nobody. And I'm convinced that, that the enemy of our soul, the enemy that wants to destroy us, the enemy that wants us to live miserable, unfulfilled lives, it would make him so ecstatic if we would just bury ourselves in a bunker. I've heard people say, just give me a log cabin and 47,000 acres of land, and I don't need to see anybody. I'll see you in heaven. We weren't designed that way. The enemy wants you to live that way. He wants you to isolate yourself. He wants you to go into hiding. He would love for you to hide behind your keyboard or, or your phone or your monitor and, and to fool yourself into thinking that because you have friends on Facebook, or you have fans, or you have followers, that you have friends. But that's not what was modeled to us by King David. That's not what was modeled to us by Jesus. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Jesus, Son of God. He walked on this earth If anybody could have thought, you know what, I just need me and Jesus. I just need me and God. Me and my dad, that's all I need. If anybody had the right to think that, it would have been him. But he didn't. When he was in his deepest, darkest moment, when he needed someone that he knew that he could count on, As he was hanging on that cross, he looked down. He saw John. He said, John, I'm getting ready to to leave this world. And there's some things that I need you to help me take care of. I need you to step in and do what I can't do. Take care of Mary. Take care of my mom. 
And if we want to live fulfilled lives, it is absolutely 100% necessary to not live our lives through a cell phone, a keyboard, but to put ourselves out there to build relationships, covenant friendships that will last forever. It's then and only then that you'll live fulfilled. So we're going to close this morning and it's going to be a little bit different. We're just going to pray. And we're going to pray that if, if the enemy has, has blinded you to thinking that you can do it all by yourself, that this morning the scales will pop off and that you will realize that, hey, you need people. We have a, one of our core values here is, is life is better together. It's not just a saying. Not just doesn't sound good on a website or on a, a pamphlet. It's because we know that it's true. Life is better together. Let's pray. Father, I come before you this morning. God, you see every person that is gathered here today. God, I pray that as your word has went forth this morning, God, that you will open our hearts and open our eyes to know that we need true abiding friends in our life and that we need to be true friends for other people. God, as the enemy would try to to make us believe that that we can do it on our own or that we do not need people. God, I pray that you will uh, open up our hearts today and change our minds. God, may we leave here today knowing that we were created for relationships. God, that you allowed us to know. You modeled it for us. In the book of Proverbs, you told us about it. The wisest man who who ever lived allowed us to know. Father, I pray that this just not be another day, another sermon, another check mark on the things I needed to do this week. But God, that today we will start making steps and taking steps Sowing friendship, being the kind of friends that we need and that we need to be. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen.